All right. What's the purpose? That's a good place to start. Um, good morning. This is a school in the Course of Miracles. And um, we're here to be truly helpful. And um, these lessons that we're studying today, Lesson 74 and 75, are um, pretty heavy meditations. So um, I was thinking we would use Lesson 74 as um, the meditation. But first, I... Um, I want to think about our purpose and how we help a, a small child awaken from a nightmare by reassuring them that it's no longer there. And so I want to read from, choose once again, um, what could you want about forgiveness? What could you want forgiveness cannot give? Do you want peace? Forgiveness offers it. Do you want happiness? A quiet mind? A certainty of purpose? And a sense of worth and beauty that transcends the world? Do you want care and safety? And the warmth of sure protection always? Do you want quietness that cannot be disturbed? A gentleness that can never be hurt? a deep abiding comfort and a rest so perfect it can never be upset. Here is the answer. Would you stand outside while all of heaven waits for you within? Forgive and be forgiven. As you give, you will receive. There is no plan but this for the salvation of the Son of God. Let us today rejoice that this is so, for here we have an answer, clear and plain, beyond deceit, in its simplicity. All the complexities of the world, all the complexities the world has spun of fragile cobwebs disappear before the power and the majesty of this extremely simple statement of the truth. Forgiveness offers everything I want. Today I have accepted this as true. Today I have received the gifts of God. Such a great reminder of what our purpose is. Um, and as usual, it has been a week of looking with forgiveness. And, you know, I think that there's so much repetition in this study because the world is such a repetition constantly giving us those messages that we're bodies and that it's important and that it's serious and, and death is a big deal. We've got to know why they died, what they died of, and, and who's, who's in all of this but our dreams of the opposite to God's will, right? So um, with Lesson 74... I thought we'd use this as a meditation because it definitely is all about um, having a quiet mind. And um, so I'm going to read um, just parts of it, but of course the important parts. <laughs> and um, you guys can, we can just close our eyes and we'll just be quiet for a minute afterwards. 
there is no will but God's. The idea for today can be regarded as the central thought toward which all our exercises are directed. God's is the only will. When you have recognized this, you have recognized that your will is his. The belief that conflict is possible has gone. Peace has replaced the strange idea that you are torn by conflicting goals. As an expression of the will of God, you have no guilt, no goal, but his. There is great peace in today's idea. There is no will but God's. And the exercises for today are directed towards finding it. The idea itself is wholly true. Therefore, it cannot give rise to illusions. Without illusions, conflict is impossible. Let us try to recognize this today and experience the peace this recognition brings. Begin the longer practice periods by repeating these thoughts several times, slowly and with firm determination to understand what they mean and to hold them in mind. There is no will but God's. I cannot be in conflict. I am at peace. Nothing can disturb me. My will is God's. My will and God's are one. God wills peace for his son. There is no will but God's. These conflict thoughts are meaningless. There is no will but God's. I seek his peace today. All right. Anybody want to um, share? Chris? Yeah, so uh, nice meditation. Thank you, Vicki. And uh, how important it is to get the right uh, idea or concept of God, because sometimes there's no will but God's. If you've got any any uh, negative thought about God is and God is punishing or or he's going to get you or something like that, that that saying can be, uh, oh no, there's no will but God's. You know, it's like, and it's, <laughs> I think for me, maybe just sometimes it just brings up. Uh, something deep down in there negative for me that it's like, Oh God, I got to give mine up. And, and, and also that it's not going to be any fun or, uh, or 
as I really do know how wonderful that is, you know, just, and to be able to give mine up is, is such a positive thing. And when I do that, I, I've had that experience, but uh, it's just sometimes when I, when I hear things, uh, I, it puts me in touch, I guess, really, of, I, I still have some residue of negative thoughts about God, you know, that it's, it's not going to be pleasant. No will, but God's, there's, there's a hook there someplace. And that's, uh, that's nice because, you know, we've also got uh, forgiveness on our side and releasing that thought really to realizing how, how, uh, what a wonderful thing that is. Thank you. Yes. And, um, the, uh, the teaching of the course teaches us that we, we are made of gentleness and kindness and, um, Maybe God's will ain't so bad. And uh, to be able to have glimpses of that, to change my mind from what I thought God's will was, was punishing or, or, or so different than mine. Even in this meditation, he's telling us that's our will too, because we are his, right? Um, anybody else? Bruce? Yeah, I was just thinking about you shared and what Chris just shared, which seems so so helpful, is is that you know, sort of like we go back and forth between the the blueprint, you know, the theory of the course. And it's like, well, I know that, you know, God, there's no other will could but God's, and and that that's the only thing that's gonna make me happy and and really get get me past even because we have everything inside out and upside down, the boredom of the ego, because the ego is really the only thing that's boring and and monotonous even though the form seems to change constantly but but then then the the lab assignment uh or or the you know the actual you know get on the, the job site if you will with having the blueprint in mind and, and keeping it close by as ken says you know, can't get too far from the theory um then then we actually have to do the work of looking at our relationships to everyone and everything and seeing how how boring and, and unsatisfying it is to be condemning and judging and comparing and constantly making big deals out of nothing. You know, the, the thing that Shakespeare said, you know, much ado about nothing, a whole lot of nothing going on. And, but, but, you know, we just got, we have to keep looking at that, you know, moment to moment, just saying, Oh yeah, I'm making a big deal about this. I'm making a big deal about that. It's like, and they say, Oh, but I'll, but I don't have to condemn because nothing happened. That's, and that's God's will back to the blueprint. Thanks. Yeah, um, you brought up uh, something that reminded me. I remember the phrase, the ennui of fear, E-N-N-U-I, means boredom, the boredom of fear. And, and that's, um, I like thinking of fear as boring if, when I'm not freaking out. <laughs> and, con you know, constant in the world, just so so many alerts to so many um, situations and and um, I just love that we can turn to this course at any time and 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 we can uh, be reminded that we're dreaming a dream and um, God doesn't choose unhappiness and death for us that's not it's not his thing, no. Um, so 
I was, uh, oh, and, and back to Chris too. I had never thought of God's will as freedom, but in preparing for this class, I looked up in, in Ken's big red concordance. And, oh, I also wanted to say how much I love that this group studies Ken Wapnick teachings because that guy never steered away from what he knew was the truth. And, uh, um, and he, he stayed with this book. You think of all the books he wrote and all of the, the, even putting that concordance together before computers. I mean, this guy knew this material and we would be so lucky to have, you know, a quarter of how he knew it inside and out. So I'm really glad that we study him. Um, so I want us to turn to um, page one, if you want to, 145, chapter eight in the text, page 145 and paragraph six, seven and eight. And that's, so when I looked up in the concordance, I found out that God's will was freedom. And I had never looked at God's will as freedom. I thought it was another rule and another another stuck place. Um, I, but as you learn forgiveness and as we practice forgiveness, our minds can open up to the fact that um, we're free to choose that forgiveness. And, um, and God makes it really clear in the course um, the gentleness and the loveliness of the rewards of forgiveness. And we've all experienced them, whether for an inkling or for a whole half hour or maybe a couple hours. But um, um, does anybody want to read chapters or paragraph six on page 145? Audrey, thank you. Thank you. Paragraph six, nothing God created can oppose your decision as nothing God created can oppose his will. God gave your will its power, which I can only acknowledge in honor of his. If you wanna be like me, I will help you knowing that we are alike. If you wanna be different, I will wait until you change your mind. I can teach you, but only you can choose to listen to my teaching. How else can it be if God's kingdom is freedom? Freedom cannot be learned by tyranny of any kind. And the perfect equality of all God's sons cannot be recognized through the dominion of one mind over another. God's sons are equal in will, all being the will of their father. This is the only lesson I came to teach. I do feel today that God's will is freedom. It says, if you want to be different, I'll wait till you change your mind. This is a requirement. I love that. It's up to you when you choose to take it, you, you know? And, um, and I, can, I can be miserable for just as long as I choose. <laughs> um, that's my choice, you, you know, uh, I, I can choose. And there's such extraordinary empowerment in that. Like during one of, oh, one thing I want to say about Ken Wapnick that I love is that he's playful. And to me, that's a sign of huge um, uh, humility. Like, I think he sees how silly we are <laughs> in a way, in, in a, you know, a sort of a kind way. And I love what you say too, that he, I mean, he's, he's, 
he doesn't shy away. I mean, when, when I listen to his things, I sometimes laugh out loud because he'll, he'll, you know, he'll like tell someone what he thinks, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hold back, but there's a kindness to it also because there's such a sense that we're all in this together. Um, but I love, I, one of the reasons I love this community is that there's so much wisdom and profundity here, but there's so much playfulness. And to me, that that just bespeaks a level of, um, of um, I don't know, evolution or something or presence when, when you don't have to, because I'm not, I'm playful, but only when I feel safe. Like mostly I'm, you know, I'm controlling and stuff. So I, I love that. Um, and uh, there was one other thing that this made me think of, but I remember two things out of three. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, good. I was listening to Bruce's class the other day and Bruce, you are playful and I love listening to you. Um, but you talked about Jack Schwartz and the, this, this person who was, you know, viciously abused, but was able to be free in his own mind. He chose freedom. And, um, and that is, that is available. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm at, a, at anywhere near the level where I could choose freedom in a situation like that, but I can choose freedom in, in much lesser situations instead of suffering, which I'd never really, that was not an option for most of my life. And now it is. Right, I, I think he, I think Bruce in that one gave the uh, the uh, situation of stubbing your toe, and, and oh, I stubbed my toe instead of putting some emotional story about it. And uh, yeah, that was a good one. I listened to, to Bruce this morning and and realized how I like how casual um, we are together. And um, yeah, it was nice. Thank you, Bruce, for that. All right, um, Stephen, do you want to read paragraph seven? Of course. Page number, please. 145. Uh, sorry, I was called away for a moment. Oh. I don't know what happened. The world was there suddenly, and I don't know what happened. But... Okay, uh, 147, page. I mean, page 145. 145, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Uh, Man, I busted seven. you. <laughs> what? I busted you. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That, that's not hard. <laughs> Good golly. But that's okay. I keep it going anyway with the laughter. We just heard about that. Uh, I'm going yeah. to let that go and read paragraph seven since that's what we're doing. What are you doing <laughs> wasting my time? I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, paragraph seven. If if your will were not mine, it would not be our father's. This would mean you have imprisoned yours and have not let it be free. Of yourself, you can do nothing. Because of yourself, you are nothing. I am nothing without the father, and you are nothing without me. Because by de denying the father, you deny yourself. I will always remember you. And in my remembrance of you, lies your remembrance of yourself and our remembrance of each other lies our remembrance of god and in this and in this remembrance 
lies your freedom because your freedom is in him. Join then with me in praise of him and you whom he created. This is our gift of gratitude to him, which he will share with all his creations to whom he gives equally whatever is acceptable to him. Because it is acceptable to him, it is the gift of freedom, which is his well, which is his will for all his sons. By offering your freedom, you will be free. You know that's that's really hopeful, and um, it it parallels a lot of what I'm doing with the course right now. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely certain that I don't know what anything means. I'm absolutely certain that in in truth, what I think I am is not what I really am. There's no I to that. There's no identity uh, here. Uh, the only uh, identity is in the mind. And I'm just getting to the point where I'm learning about the difference between right-mindedness and wrong-mindedness. Blotnik says, we're always in the wrong mind when we're here and thinking we're this. Uh, being in the right mind is being in the right mind and looking at the wrong mind and realizing that it's not real and nothing is really happening. Thank you for calling on me and thank you for waking me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. And when when you read that line, let me see where it is. In the beginning of chapter or paragraph seven, of yourself, you can do nothing because of yourself, you are nothing. I mean, like, doesn't it just make you laugh out loud sometimes? It's, it's like that, well, that makes sense only because we have the course um, teaching us what we really are or, you know, and us listening to what we really are. I, um, I get into um, people's stories. I, I uh, this week went and visited my, uh, my, I've been married quite a few times. And uh, my second husband passed away about 17 years ago after we were divorced. And I went to visit his family. I hadn't seen them in years. And his sister and his niece. And the stories they were telling me, I remember those, those parts of it, but a lot of it was um, steeped in um, victimization and addiction and um, family issues and of course everything that the world is all made up of and I was the the course kind of sneaks up on you you know like you think you know something but I was listening to the victimization stories of of the family and realizing that I was um, I was pulled in by the ego because I have my own, I don't know if I can explain it right, but I could actually see that guilt was being, was attractive in those moments, hearing all the stuff that they've gone through since I haven't been in, in their family uh, consistently. But it wasn't them, it, it was my guilt that I keep in my mind that was relating to it. And, and I get stuck there, like, like, I don't know how to change it for them, except to just love them and 
I don't know how to explain it, but there was there was actually a revelation that what I was seeing and hearing is what I wanted to see and hear, and that it was coming from my own wrong mind. Um, this mind, uh, learning to know what the mind is and what the mind can do, and and as our source, who knows us as harmless, because. Our source is harmless. It's it's just um, I don't think I can explain it right, which is probably why we should just be reading. But <laughs> like finally and inevitably, this course becomes all that we remember, and those stories are just stories and never happened. But, oh man, we hold on to those stories. Like these people that were telling me them, they were right there at that time, you know, the memory of that resentment and that fear and anger. And and the course, you know, sin, guilt, and fear, past, present, and future. And we are only in the present all of that's gone all of that's gone and and thank god when you were uh when you were talking about well when we read by offering freedom i will be free mm-hmm. and so what does that look like to offer freedom well in one sense directly related to what you were saying i'm offering you freedom from your story and I'm offering you freedom from my story, how you victimize me. I mean, we're offering freedom from our own stories that <laughs> we're constantly. That's why the guilt's so attractive. <laughs> and my story is is propelled and 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 fueled by my own guilt. <laughs> and then I love to see it in you too. <laughs> your guilt, your victimization. And, and it's, you know, we're trapping ourselves, is what it is. I mean, it, that's what freedom is realizing. We're the ones trapping ourselves, and no matter what's going on externally, we can untrap. Undoing is untrapping ourselves. That's all. It's just I, I, I start offering freedom to you and me from all these crazy victimization stories. Man, what a trip. <laughs> Nothing has to change externally. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. No. And there's there's so much... I think to the the right mind that we're just beginning, or I should just speak for me, but I'm just beginning to, after 20 years of studying, that starting to become experiential, right? We know it intellectually, we've read it, we say the words, we meditate on them and, and get to understand that they are believable because they are of truth and, And we start having it experientially, and then it becomes it becomes more ours. We understand, like he was saying here, you're getting to know yourself. You're remembering yourself. I will always remember you. Oh, thank God. Huh? I will always remember you, and in my remembrance of you lies your remembrance of yourself. That's just... 
Beautiful. So God's will is freedom. Um, Dave Dempsey, would you read paragraph eight? Sure, thanks. Freedom is the only gift you can offer to God's son, being an acknowledgement of what they are and what he is. Freedom is creation because it is love. Whom you see to who you seek to imprison, you do not love. Therefore, when you seek to imprison anyone, including yourself, you do not love him and you cannot identify with him. When you imprison yourself, you are losing sight of your true identification with me and with the Father. Your identification is with the Father and with the Son. It cannot be with one and not the other. If you are part of one, you must be part of the other because they are one. The Holy Trinity is holy because it is one. If you exclude yourself from this union, you are perceiving the Holy Trinity as separated. You must be included in it because it is everything. Unless you take your place in it and fulfill your function as part of it, the Holy Trinity is bereft as you know, as you are. No part of it can be imprisoned if its truth is to be known. Yeah, I mean, it's just that there's only one, you know, so everything we do to one, we do to the other. It's the same. It's when we're seeing differences, we're not seeing everything as the same or as one. And, you know, offering that freedom is seeing you in truth. Um, so I think we stay in the dream. It just becomes a happier dream because we're willing to see you as innocent and not the awful thing that we think you are, that, you know, the victimizer, it's just doing it to myself. Looking at that without judgment and seeing that it's my desire to, of that relationship with God um, and that fear um, that's in that and not judging myself for it. Get back to the, the right mind of, you know, that the truth is true. <laughs> Nothing else is real, you know? So it's, yeah, it's a process that, you know, that uh, part that um, realizing that I've always used my brother as my stranger or enemy, um, and I didn't even know it. And now that I can invite their Christ mind into my Christ mind, we can join there, even though I don't know what that is or what it, you know, it's like above my pay grade. Just that gesture um, changes everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness, to be able to look with forgiveness. And now we're going to get interrupted by my cat. Come here. Boy, did he hang on. I, um, yes, and you reminded me too that I was listening to the silent testimony by Kenneth Bopnik, and he was saying, that now we invite others into our dream of forgiveness at some point in that CD. And I thought, oh, that's what we do. You know, we, we, we listen to the nightmares of catching up what's been going on in the last 10 years. And then, then we can invite them into our dream. Well, hey, I'm, a, I'm dreaming about forgiving all that stuff. <laughs> Do you want to join me? 
right. When uh, when when Chris Jansen admitted that he had negative thoughts about God, I, I was sure the ground was going to open and swallow him up. And then he disappeared off the screen. And I thought, oh, God got him. <laughs> but I mean, one of the ways we certainly, I certainly trapped myself in this victimization thing is, is, is then, so it's bad enough I got negative feelings about my brothers. I've got negative feelings about God. I've got negative feelings about myself. But that's probably the worst. Because then I get caught up in beating myself up for being a bad course student or whatever whatever it is I feel like I'm totally failing at. And God doesn't have a problem with any of that stuff. I mean, part of it is I need to free myself from my own negative thoughts about everything, God included. Like, he's not having a problem with it. Why am I? Hey, he's like, if, well, if you don't want to listen, that's all right. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for you. Oh, my gosh. infinite patience yeah whatever that is right i mean how can we understand infinite from this finite place i mean and we're, we're wonderful gorgeous students if we even want to consider it right <laughs> steven's wave open yeah, it up just, uh, real quick to pick up on what uh uh, on what Tim is saying. I read the other day in the problem and the answer. You don't know the reality of your brother. You don't know the reality of yourself. And you don't know the reality of God. For me, that makes it really simple. I just plain don't know. And, you know, Jesus says that several times. You know, I don't know. I don't know this thing I am. I don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. Uh, and as long as, and, and, you know, right after he says, you don't know your brother, you don't know God, you don't know yourself. He says, Ask the one who knows, and one is capitalized, and who is capitalized, and I think knows is capitalized. Thank you. Ask. Huh. Good reminder. Feeling grateful. So pretty much everything that I found for um, God's will is freedom and the light has come is, is in chapter eight. And so now we're, we're going to just turn to 144, page 144 in chapter eight. And... Paragraph two. Jean, do you want to read that? Sure. Thanks, Vicki. Thanks, Jean. I am calm as light into a world that does deny itself everything. It does this simply by disassociating itself from everything. It is therefore an illusion of isolation maintained by the fear of the same loneliness that is its illusion. I said that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That is why I am the light of the world. If I am with you in the loneliness of the world, the loneliness is gone. You cannot maintain the illusion of loneliness if you are not alone. 
My purpose then is still to overcome the world. I do not attack it, but my light must dispel it because of what it is. Light does not attack darkness, but it does shine it away. If my light goes with you everywhere, you shine it away with me. The light becomes ours and you cannot abide in the darkness any more than darkness can abide wherever you go. The remembrance of me is the remembrance of yourself and of him who sent me to you. Beautiful. You know, I, this week, um, grief, the emotion that is not of the kingdom has just run amok in the world with me. And so to read this, I, I must have, you know, I, I write so much in my book, but I must have really circled the part that I said that I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And, you know, this, this whole course is such a, you know, like what you were explaining, Vicki, when you were with family, I understood what you were saying. It's like we're like when we're with others, there's this obstacle course and it's just, and if I can just decide, you know, when I was younger, I lived in Santa Barbara, just to drive along Highway 101. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and, and so it's so, it's just, it just, and I appreciate seeing every one of you today because that grief, that's not the true emotion of the kingdom is challenging me today. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thanks for bringing all that up that you said. I know I was, I was checking out, when do I feel freedom? When I'm in my car by myself, got all the windows rolled down, and I'm driving up Riverdale Road. It's a country road real near my neighborhood, and I'm blasting the music, and I'm doing my own speed limit. That's my version of what freedom feels like. Nobody else in the car. Well, can't, except I guess God's there, but <laughs> uh, what a limited idea of freedom I have when I consider that my body can do this. And I mean, we're learning about this mind that we have never been separated from and that we are an idea in that same mind and all the thoughts in the right mind go together, go together and build on each other. And, um, and it's based on love. I mean, love beyond romantic love, love beyond I own you love. I mean, can we even imagine what, what this is, you know, saying to us? Um, and helping us to understand how deeply we abide in, in a mind of love that knows nothing else but harmlessness, nothing opposite to it at all. Um, Tim, you want to read paragraph three? Sure. On page 144. Yeah. You were in darkness until God's will was done completely by any part of the sonship. Hmm. When this was done and it was perfectly accomplished, when this was done, it was perfectly accomplished by all. 
how else could it be perfectly accomplished? My mission was simply to unite the will of the sonship with the will of the father by being aware of the father's will myself. This is the awareness I came to give you. And your problem in accepting it is the problem of this world. Dispelling it is salvation. And in this sense, I am the salvation of the world. The world must therefore despise and reject me because the world is the belief that love is impossible. If you will accept the fact that I am with you, you are denying the world and accepting God. My will is his, and your decision to hear me is the decision to hear his voice and abide in his will. As God sent me to you, so will I send you to others. And I will go to them with you so we can teach them peace and union. I think one of the really refreshing things about this particular chapter and, and just how it came, at, you know, like seven, eight chapters into the book is this, he's really developing this idea that we can, we can and, and should have as course students, this really personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's just it's just resoundingly personal through this whole chapter, and uh, and and really palpable if if we're willing to even sit for a minute with that with that feeling of, and then all those feelings of uh, I was thinking about grief and how intense it is when when Jean was talking about it, and then I was thinking about um, not to minimize it, not even to downplay it, but I mean. All, all negative feelings, including grief, are just expressions of guilt, which is almost insulting. No, I'm grieving. I'm not into guilt. <laughs> you know, it's just, no, well, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's just like, ah, uh, freedom from these horrible feelings. That, you know, that's freedom from guilt, freedom from grief, God, that we can actually have that. And just by simply having this personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, and um, we don't have to believe yeah. the feelings <laughs> right. that our body says we are experiencing, right? The body is only, <laughs> only here to tell me my illusions are real and you better keep yourself uh, surviving. I mean, that's our thinking. Like, how am I going to let the body survive today? How am I going to keep from somebody else killing me? I mean, it's like, oh, my God. I mean, it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I hear what you're saying, too. I love all this. I am with you. I am always waiting for you i'm i remember you because i want you to remember yourself i mean just gorgeous personal statements yes bruce yeah i i'm, I'm back on the middle of paragraph two and since a my purpose then is is still to overcome the world i was thinking well last night my wife and i watched the 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 uh the 2020 uh 
preview of the new Avatar movie, which we haven't seen yet. But uh, I was thinking, you know, well, what's an Avatar? It's like, well, that's a superhero, right? Overcome the world. Well, what does superheroes do? Well, they overcome maybe a few little foes, you know, a few little arch, arch evil bad guys and or gals. And, and, and it's like, well, it, eh, that's nothing compared to what because it's in pure non-duality. Not only is, is it is it is an incredible feat, but it's like the superhero, the super super superhero of of Jesus Holy Spirit is it's really what's going on there is overcoming the world is like saying, Oh, I, I'm gonna use pure non-duality without lifting a finger, without doing anything. I'm gonna undo the entire tragic um, you know, superhero uh <laughs> scenario that that has seemed to put me in this this you know catastrophic thing that needs this dramatic rescue it's like well no there's nothing needed to be saved but but you know we need to come by that slowly but surely and and use the little superheroes of our dream to as as mechanisms to get to the real superhero which is what holy spirit is is trying to get us to look at it would seem which is like oh if i can just keep forgiving that's the real superhero, you know. If I can, if I can just remember to practice seeing that uh, everything is, um, you know, a classroom that Holy Spirit wants me to look at with, with kindness and consideration and all that good stuff. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> well, and and of course, reiterates over and over again. We are looking at images. We are looking at symbols. Um, these are clouds. Um, what was the uh, spider web thing we read earlier? Or um, they're just uh, veils, um, easily moved. Um, even if some, you know, some gigantic man form with a big S on his shirt is saying, "I can save you, baby," <laughs> you know, just dreams right jeans jeans yeah you know um tim you were talking about how personal this is and in that paragraph uh sentence seven the world must therefore despise and reject me because the world is the belief that love is impossible I just want to jump in there and defend Jesus. You know, he is making it so personal, like, oh my gosh, you know, no, <laughs> it just, you know, and it's, it's, it's just so interesting because it is so personal. It truly is. Yeah. And when he was talking about in the other paragraph we read, when you feel alone, I'm there with you. And so you are not alone. And yeah, good stuff. Okay. And then we're going to turn to page 139 in the same chapter here. And this is the difference between imprisonment and freedom. And I'll read this first paragraph. There's a rational, a rationale for choice. Only one teacher knows what reality is. If learning to remove obstacles to that knowledge 
is the purpose of the curriculum. You must learn it of him. The ego does not know what it is trying to teach. It is trying to teach you what you are without knowing what you are. It is expert only in confusion. It does not understand anything else. As a teacher, then, the ego is totally confused and totally confusing. Even if you disregard the Holy Spirit entirely, which is impossible, you could still learn nothing from the ego because the ego knows nothing. I mean, that is just laughable. Why would we ever choose it? Bruce? Just a quick quick comment on that. I, I'm laughing because my wife frequently will catch me on my 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 constant BSing and and you know second guessing everything. And she and she'll say, You're just making that up. And she say, Yeah. And then I then, you know, I cat, you know, like deer in the headlights catch it's like, well, yeah, of course I am. I'm I mean, I'm making it all up, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Then, then I'm appreciative of you know being caught. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a story. It's just a story about bodies that never existed, ever. <laughs> like, like Stephen got caught. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Myra, would you read paragraph two on page 139? Yes, thank you. And by the way, I love your sharing, Vicki. Really, thank you for everything. Uh -oh. It's, you're waking up in the dream. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Myra. Is there any possible reason for choosing a teacher such as this? Does the total disregard of anything it teaches make anything but sense? <laughs> Is this the teacher to whom a son of God should turn to find himself? The ego has never given you a sensible answer to anything. Simply on the grounds of your own experience with its teaching, should not this alone disqualify it as your future teacher? <laughs> Yet the ego has done more harm to your learning than this alone. Learning is joyful if it leads you along to your natural path and facilitates the development of what you have. When you are taught against your nature, however, you will lose by your learning because your learning will imprison you. Your will is in your nature and therefore cannot go against it. Oh, he really describes that very beautifully. And we should disqualify the ego as our teacher. It has really, it has taught us so much pain and so much harm and going against our nature, yeah. I love the way he writes this, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Myra. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, it's in one of those letters. Um, I, uh, I regret to inform you that your services are no longer welcome. <laughs> exactly. I'm not listening to you. Uh, no only not regret. Actually, I'm happy to inform you that your services are no longer welcome. <laughs> We're confused enough. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Aris, would you read the next paragraph three? 
Yes, thank you. The ego cannot teach you anything as long as your will is free, because you will not listen to it. It is not your will to be imprisoned because your will is free. That is why the ego is the denial of free will. It is never God who coerces you because he shares his will with you. His voice teaches only in accordance with his will, but that is not the Holy Spirit's lesson because that is what you are. The lesson is that your will and God's cannot be out of accord because they are one. This is the undoing of everything the ego tries to teach. It is not then only the direction of the curriculum that must be unconflicted, but also the content. Well, just that whole the idea, we're still free. You know, it is not your will to be imprisoned because your will is free. And uh, it's, it, I've been aware lately of being, of that freedom, of being um, free to choose and seeing that I do choose to blame God. You know, I, I see that I'm, when I'm looking at anything and observing what I'm projecting, that I'm really pointing directly at God and saying, you're the one that I hate. And you're the one that I, that's doing me wrong. And yet, <laughs> as they're saying too, he, he just patiently waits. When I, when I let go of that, all I feel is this loving, loving presence. You know, there's no retaliation. There's no sense of needing to apologize. It's just that absolutely loving presence, which is uh, overwhelming. It, it is overwhelming. Um, I can see where it's more, it's easier for me to just keep looking at all the um, negative stuff than it is to accept that that love of God. It it's it's more frightening to me to open up and accept the love than it is to keep blaming myself. But I'm letting go. I'm backing off bit by bit. <laughs> thank you very much for this. Oh, thank you. And and we are we're we're uh, body oriented. Um, you know, the sperm and the egg connection has been a, a story for a long time. And we're, we're, we're sold on that as, as an identity. And then um, this course comes along or whatever path comes along and kind of shakes that up. But our bodies are made to only um, confirm that illusion is true. Our eyes see illusions. They were made only to see illusions. Our ears hear only illusions, sounds. What this course teaches us to go within. Within is where I live in you, right? Within, go within. It's not scary in there. I'm here waiting for you. I'm always here for you. You know, you won't be lonely with me. And, um, and the world can't hurt you. The world can't hurt you because you aren't this body. Freaking amazing. <laughs>
as a as a plug for tomorrow, Gene's doing a two sections in chapter 17, the setting of the goal and the call for faith. And so th that last sentence in this paragraph reminds me of setting the goal. It's not, it is not then only, only the direction of the curriculum, setting the goal to go to the Holy Spirit's way, that must be unconflicted, but also the content. I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> what does he mean, but also the content? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think a lot of our classes have been, um, we agree that, that the ego teachings are form over content and that the content must be God's will. Right? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if that's what he means, but yeah. <laughs> Well, let's use it unless Stephen tells us we can't. Bruce is Bruce. What, are you going to say something? No. I had. I had, well, actually, I was thinking about that same sentence too, and and it, I was kind of thinking, well, the 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 direction of the curriculum is is really, you know, kind of holding the vision, but then the content really does seem like is the forgiveness. You know, the day in day out stuff that we do to forgive all the specifics. It would seem. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my first, you know, first thought about it anyway. And, and we're really forgiving ourselves for believing that that was something important and serious, right? When it's just symbols of dreams and images in dreams and clouds in dreams. Stephen? Yeah, the way I read it, the setting the goal, it's been so helpful to me. The content is really simple. The content is peace and truth and sanity. And everything else is bunk. Thank you. Good simplification. Um, Peggy Lee, do you want to read the paragraph four on page 140 in the text? Yeah, sure. The ego tries to teach that you want to oppose God's will. This unnatural lesson cannot be learned, and the attempt to learn it is a violation of your own freedom, making you afraid of your will because it is free. The Holy Spirit opposes any imprisoning of the will of a son of God, knowing that the will of the Son is the Father's. The Holy Spirit leads you steadily along the path of freedom, teaching you how to disregard or look beyond everything that would hold you back. So what I'm getting out of that is uh, disregarding the ego and following God's will is our will and that's the only thing that's going to ever make you happy so kind of comes down to well do you want to just keep wasting time or, or do something that is constructive and so I think it's just always a surprise to find out that God's will was my will because it's like it seems like this rebel part is always trying to take over 
this part that's always going off on its own and thinking it knows better, but it never does. So I like that line about I need do nothing. Because mm -hmm. when you just reverse all your thinking, then you probably are on the right track. Yeah, when you're when you're in that um, tight spin of I gotta do something about this, I gotta do something about this, I gotta do something about this, and then and then you settle in and go, oh wait a minute. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like when they say I need do nothing, I surrender to the will, to guidance, and then it then you can actually hear it and know what to do. Or know not to do anything at all. Yeah, right? usually it's that. Yeah. Oh, Aris is waving too. Oh, Aris. Yeah, that thought came to me that, you know, what is the content and what is God's will? It's all like we're being sucked by this, you know, God's will and God is this giant vacuum. <laughs> and it's sucking so hard at us, pulling us close. And, and the ego is our resistance. And all we have to do is just go, okay, you know, and just have that tiny willingness to let go and we'll be sucked right into the heart of God and oneness. You know, it's like, it takes all of this effort and all this fight to resist that, that, that powerful vacuuming pull, <laughs> like your cat <laughs> on your leg. Who has uh, decided to hide somewhere, thank goodness. Um, yeah, I was thinking, Reese, when you were saying that, uh, oh, this one line here, the ego tries to teach you that you want to oppose God's will. This unnatural lesson cannot be learned, and the attempt to learn it is a violation of your own freedom, making you afraid of your will because it is free. We might be afraid of freedom. Um, and that's kind of laughable too, right? I mean, like, afraid of freedom. I know a lot of people in this world that do uh, some astronomical things in my, in my mind. And I think, oh my God, there's, they're so free to go, you know, do these adventures and and um i like my little place in thornton colorado and i know what's going on here in my little house in my little neighborhood my little neighbors <laughs> but i've experienced being afraid of freedom and um so i just get in my car and turn the radio on did you guys know that i bought a car with four wheels and 10 speakers, okay? So <laughs> we are rocking out. Now who put the maximum on that car speaker? I can only go to 62 and it says max. And sometimes I wanna go to 98. Just roll all the windows down. Ten speakers, <laughs> that's rock and roll man. <laughs> Bruce is waving. Oh, hey, Bruce. Vicki, I was going to comment on the, the next line, which is uh, uh, number eight. Where did it go? Did I just, did I just scroll past it? Um, or beyond, 
Uh, oh, no, no, it's nice to you. Number three. Okay. The Holy Spirit, it wasn't eight, it was three. It was dyslexic. The Holy Spirit opposes any imprisoning of the will of the Son of God, knowing that the will of the Son of God is the Father's. Well, I was thinking, you know, that's that's the prime directive, you know. That's that's you know the Star Trek maxim of you know don't don't mess with anyone else's atonement process because I I've got plenty to do on my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that the 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 idea that the um the vacuum that Aris was talking about you know is 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 infinitely gentle you know it's not it's like it's the the inexorable draw that we all have to returning home. Um. That you sooner or later will will want to do that, but that we have to kind of look at how tenaciously we're you know white knuckling our resistance path and just say, oh, okay, that's really exhausting to keep hanging on to what doesn't work, and uh, you know, and and sooner or later we'll we'll want to voluntarily let go of trying to manhandle and and you know manipulate and cajole the dream into doing it doing what, making it do what we want to do, which it never does. <laughs> but, but that also means that, that I, I have no business whatsoever interfering with anyone else's free will. You know, that's kind of where I bring it down to, to everyday stuff, let alone, um, you know, well, anyway, that's enough. <laughs> Thanks. We can go on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the other thing, you know, people are in, in the place that they need to be with their wrong mind and their right mind, however that is showing up for them. And um, yeah, another, another choice, um, forgiveness. It, it, you, just, you just, until you practice it, you can't believe the uh, the mind openingness of it, the the restrictions lessen, and um, we were talking about the vacuum and the resistance. Oh, I love in the course, and I don't know if it says it in the stuff that we're reading today, but I love when when um, God says or Jesus says that. Um, and you do want it, you know, and he's talking about some wonderful attribute of God and you really do want it. And, and you just go, oh, oh maybe I do. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> what are you going to say, Tim? Oh, oh uh, well, the irony in all this is uh, throughout the class, it was hitting me that we're not free to be to uh, strive to be free. We're free to realize we're already free. Like the you look at the politics in the country, and it's like each side, depending on what side you're on, you're defending your freedom from the other side, as if that needs to be defended. Freedom's already innate, it's already a done deal. I'm already free. I'm just pretending I'm not. And then I have to defend my freedom as if it can be defended. I mean, the whole thing is really kind of crazy. Once, once you start with the premise that you're not free already, we're just already free, just pretending we're not. We're, we're the ones that are trapping ourselves into believing that we're trapped. <laughs> and then I have to defend my, my so-called freedom? <laughs> really? 
Well, and what what America calls freedom, I mean, yeah, definitely, right. definitely the you know the ego thought system at its pinnacle, and you just can't you know thank God we have a, another idea of what our identity is outside of politics, outside of what the world believes is true and important and serious. When, uh, when we were doing the uh, characteristics of God the other night on, on Monday, um, it became really clear at one point during the class that all those characteristics of the advanced teacher of God are already there. <laughs> we're just pretending they're not there. We're already free pretending we're not free. I mean, we're already avatars pretending we're not avatars. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say that that first Avatar movie was a big disappointment to me because we have the little kids and this movie said that it was going to be, you know, the, the height of whatever it claimed. And then those avatars, they did seem like their life was, oh, that's how you would live it if you weren't so attached. And then at the in the middle of the movie, they have to fight. They have to kill to save their stuff. And so I went, well, this is bullshit. And I almost walked out, but I have not been attracted to Avatar 2. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had the same feeling watching it. Like, this is a victimization story. Like, like now we're victimizing this poor tribe of these alien beings, <laughs> alien to us. <laughs> yeah, right. It was another victimization story, for God's sake. <laughs> Just like all of them. <laughs> like all of them. All right. Okay. Did we get through paragraph four? Myra has something. Myra has something. Oh, Myra. Yes, I found one little quote that maybe you were referring to, Vicky. It's on page 184 in the text. It says, you have not attacked God and you do love him. Yeah. There's several like that. Yeah. Another one that just fits in with that is um, you think you made a, have made a world which would God would destroy and by loving him, which you do, you would throw this world away. Which you would. I like I like that one. It's just like, wow, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's perfect. Oh, I do. <laughs> All right. Um, go to the teacher. You want to post God's will. Okay, we already read that one. And five and six. Lisa, would you read? We have said that the Holy Spirit teaches you the difference between pain and joy. That is the same as saying he teaches you the difference between imprisonment and freedom. You cannot make this distinction without him because you have taught yourself that imprisonment is freedom. Believing them to be the same, how can you tell them apart? Can you ask the part of your mind that taught you to believe they are the same to teach you how they are different? The Holy Spirit's teaching takes only one direction and has only one goal. His direction is freedom and his goal is God. 
yet he cannot conceive of God without you, because it is not God's will to be without you. When you have learned that your will is God's, you could no more will to be without him than he could will to be without you. This is freedom and this is joy. Deny yourself this and you are denying God his kingdom because he created you for this. Yeah, I love in paragraph five where he talks about we don't know the difference. We can't make that distinction on our own, the difference between pain and joy and you know, imprisonment and freedom. And I, I was just thinking today when we were meditating a little bit is that, um, you know, I love that I get that. I get, I'm being taught that by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus, because I wouldn't know otherwise. And he said to me, or I heard it, that, you know, whenever I'm conflicted and whenever I judge somebody else's in, misinterpretation in my opinion of something i'm attacking me i that that's who i'm attacking and thereby and therefore because i my will is the same as god i'm attacking god too so i don't know that just really hit home for me when i read that paragraph and i love that we have the holy spirit and jesus to to actually teach us this because I'm beginning to be able to tell the difference a little bit with his help. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I don't like when I don't feel, I, I, when I don't feel joy, I don't like that feeling. I mean, because I honestly thought that imprisonment was freedom and pain was joy. And now that I know a glimpse of what it really, joy and freedom really is, I like it. I want more of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think we're all in the same boat on that. Okay. I'm going to see. So, we just did 139, and we did 145. Oh, we're so good. Okay. So now we're going to go, we're going to do um, lesson 75, The Light Has Come. Okay, very good. Um, and I'm going to go back on page 144. Oh, we already read that. I am come as light into the world that does deny itself everything. Um, that was in relation to this lesson. Okay. The light has come. You are healed and you can heal. The light has come. You are saved and you can save. You are at peace and you bring peace with you wherever you go. Darkness and turmoil and death have disappeared. The light has come. Today we celebrate the happy ending to your long dream of disaster. Yay! There are no dark dreams now. The light has come. Today the time of light begins for you and everyone. It is a new era. 
in which a new world is born. The old one has left no trace upon it in its passing. Can you imagine that? The old one has left no trace upon it in its passing. Today we see a different world because the light has come. Our exercises for today will be happy ones in which we offer thanks for the passing of the old and the beginning of the new. No shadows from the past remain to darken our sight and hide the world forgiveness offers us. Today we will accept the new world as what we want to see. We will be given what we desire. We will to, will to see the light. The light has come. Our longer practice periods will be devoted to looking at the world that our forgiveness shows us. This is what we want to see and only this. There he is telling us again. This is what we really want to see. And what our forgiveness shows us. Oh, this is what we want to see and only this. Our single purpose makes our goal inevitable. Today, the real world rises before us in gladness to be seen at last. Sight is given us now that the light has come. We do not want to see the ego shadow on the world today. We see the light and in it, we see heaven's reflection lie across the world. Begin the longer periods by telling yourself the glad tidings of your release. The light has come. I have forgiven the world. Dwell not upon the past today. Keep a completely open mind, washed of all past ideas, political and otherwise, and clean of every concept you have made. You have forgiven the world today. You can look upon it now as if you never saw it before. You do not know yet what it looks like. You merely wait to have it shown to you. The light has come. I have forgiven the world. Realize that your forgiveness entitles you to vision. Understand that the Holy Spirit never fails to give the gift of sight to the forgiving. Beautiful. Believe he will not fail you now. You have forgiven the world. He will be with you as you watch and wait. He will show you what true vision sees. It is his will and you have joined with him. Wait patiently for him because he's waiting patiently for us to give gift there. He will be there. The light has come. You have forgiven the world. Tell him you know you cannot fail because you trust in him. And tell yourself to, you wait in certainty to look upon the world he promised you. From this time forth, you will see differently. Today, the light has come. And you will see the world that has been promised you since time began and in which is the end of time ensured. Shorter practice periods, too, will be joyful reminders of your release. Remind yourself every quarter of an hour or so that today is a time for special celebration. Give thanks for mercy and the love of God. Rejoice in the power of forgiveness to heal your sight completely. Be confident that on this day there is a new beginning. Without the darkness of the past upon your eyes, you cannot fail to see today. And what you see will be so welcome that you will be glad you will gladly extend today forever. 
Let's just close our eyes for a minute and just think about the light has come. I have forgiven the world. Well, thank you everyone for helping to make this class best class ever. <laughs> Thanks, Vicky. Thanks for agreeing with me. I love people that agree with me. Well Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Vicky. Good class. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>